Welcome to Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine, where we have great recommendations for your next audiobook. I'm Robin Witten, editor of Audiophile, and this week we are focused on Audiophile's selection of 2019's best audiobooks. In this special episode today, we'll talk about the romance audiobooks that we chose as best of the year titles that should be at the top of your listening lists. We also have a special guest. Adjua Ando, who narrated a title in the best romance list and also has another audiobook in the best sci-fi and fantasy. We'll talk to Adjoa in just a minute, but first our choices for best romance audiobooks. The Bride Test by Helen Huang, read by Emily Wu Zeller. American Dreamer by Adriana Herrera read by Sean Kristen. Desire Lines by Elizabeth Kingston, read by Nicholas Bolton. Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston, read by Ramon de Ocampo. Wolf Rain by Nalini Singh, read by Angela Daw. And Get a Life, Chloe Brown, by Talia Hibbert, and read by Adjua Ando, our guest. This title is not Edwa's only accolade this year because The Raven Tower by Anne Leckie is also in our best sci-fi and fantasy list. So welcome, Adjoa. Hi. We're so delighted to celebrate. <laughs> We're celebrating two of your audiobooks. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks so much, Robin. Well, tell us a little bit about The Raven Tower. So I love Anne Leckie's books. There's something so free about I think I think I've I've read quite a few of them now and I think what I love the most is she allows us to talk about the world but she does it through very unusual and uh multifaceted worlds um and there's something about science, the distance of science fiction that allows us to reflect on our own times without getting lost in the specifics of our own times. It allows us a sort of philosophical distance, I think. But at the same time, she's brilliant at just doing the whole, you know, there's a page-turning, strong plot narrative that you just want to find out what happens next. You want to solve the problems. You want to see the characters that you've fallen in love with thrive and do well and succeed in whatever the challenges are that they're facing. I think for me, there's something about the sci-fi world that allows me to have a freedom in the vocal range of the the characters involved because we're going into um, such extraordinary worlds that you have the opportunity to uh, give give voice to a, a variety of people, and I and I love that because I I always think that the world is. Um, more interesting and more complex than sometimes we allow our fictions to uh, to present to us. So, um, and I think Anne really, uh, she really gives the opportunity to look at that complexity and dive in. Yes, it's such an interesting world building that's going on in the Raven Tower. And were the accents a challenge for you? No, they're fun. I like it. Um, I get to show off. 
<laughs> I get to. I, I loved. I loved. I love voices. I love the different rhythms of characters, and you sort of think about now, what who, now? How would they speak, and what and what would be the best rhythm for this character? I just. I love thinking about that, and then trying things out and seeing if they work. I did. A, I did a book of Anne's last year, Provenance, um, that won an an Audi. I just. Yeah. I just, and Raven Tower. Sure, it's you know. It, it's not set on a on a spaceship or you know in in multi universes. It's it's set in what feels to me something that's much more medieval. And I love this period because um, my mother was a, a history teacher, and um, she's a great medievalist. Her house is full of um, tapestries and um, artwork that's all from a sort of medieval European um, British period. So uh, this this book very much feels like it's in that in that vein so i i loved it there's lots of stuff in it that's quite rural and quite land-based um, and i grew up in the middle of sheep and um, dairy cow country no no buses to speak of lots of walking and riding bicycles and hitching lifts and stuff like that so it's a sort of it, it felt like a world I, I i was familiar with yes but you know you don't get to uh, play a million year old god very often is that right? Well, hey, it's I, I kind of love that as well because Anne does she does this. I mean, she had a sort of it wasn't a god exactly, but she had a universal um whale in another book of hers, one of the Ratch series books. And there's a universality about some she does micro and macro. That's what's so interesting about her. So you have the the, the macroness of this um, you know, this ancient world lived long lived god and uh and then at the same time you have all the details of the of the characters like aeolo or mawat who are who are you know they're in very specific small bits of life and then you have this god who has seen all of life the comings and the goings and i love the macro and the micro of that it's rather beautiful and rather poignant i think and uh, i think they sort of hold each other rather beautifully as well and I and I think for anybody who's in search of anything of the divine in the world, whatever you know, whatever label you may give it, you know, whether it's Allah or God or whatever the specifics of the deity may be for you, it's something that people who who seek that take comfort in. You have this huge macro God character who is in the world and beyond the world and all of that, and you ask them to pay attention to the the, the daily demands and challenges of your one individual life and you get that macro micro thing and I just uh, I think it's really beautiful. Oh, now we we really have to uh, play our clip so we can let the audience hear. Here we go. You will take those words back, said Mawat, voice still tight and even. My father never fled. Your father could not be found, said Radihor. Not in the tower, not in the fortress, not in the town. We asked the raven where your father was. Despite the complications involved in talking to the god when it does not have a body to answer with, we asked the raven what had happened. But uh, the answer was equivocal. What was that answer? Mawat asked. The reply was, this is unacceptable. There will be a reckoning, said Radehor. 
I love that because you have so many accents going on in this small little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I just think the worlds cross over, don't they? If you walk down my street in South London, you could hear a bajillion different accents going on all at the same time. And not just accents, it would be languages too. But everybody is in the same, inhabiting the same space. We're all facing the same daily challenges of, you know, work and getting around the city and, you know, kids and romance and all of that. And uh, and I just thought, well, why, why can this world not be just as complex? You know, the, and the sort of geography of the world that she sets out, this central place feels very much like it's a it's a place where many worlds collide. And I and I love that. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I think our listeners will really want to put this into their listening queue. And thank you so much for joining us today, Ajoa. And congratulations on having these two audiobooks in our 2019 Best Audiobooks. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. We've been talking about The Raven Tower by Anne Leckie with narrator Ajoa Ando. And this has been a special Best of the Year edition of Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine. Paperback Classics is the sponsor of today's episode on Behind the Mic. Stay in touch with Audiophile. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast with narrator Ajua Ando, please check our social media as we often post conversations and videos with audiobook narrators. And you can stay tuned right here all week for more chats with narrators of some of our best 2019 audiobooks. And the full list of the audiobooks is available at audiophilemagazine.com. This is Robin Witten. Thanks for listening. <laughs>